All right, welcome in. It's That Betting Show here on 610 Sports Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 8 o'clock right here on 610. I'm Alex Gold. I got Julio and Cameron maybe over there tonight. No Cameron tonight. No Cameron. Just Julio producing the show. Sean Barber just wrapped up his players only show. You guys should listen to that if you don't already from 6 to 7. Him and Dane and Hughes right here on 610. And he's now over at the, the whiteboard over there writing in his picks for the weekend. The barbershop parlay. He doesn't like me mentioning his parlays on air. Only when they hit. Only when they hit. The process. Okay. The process. So I'll let you guys know by the end of the show what Barber's parlay is as well. You know how we do things here for the next hour. We'll get you the Goldilocks at the end of the show. I'll be joined by Brandon Anderson from the Action Network coming up in about a half hour. Does a great job as an NFL and NBA writer for them. You can follow him on Twitter at Wheat on Brando. We had him on uh, what probably our first maybe three shows or so. One of the first three shows that we've done here. This is already episode number 11. Uh, show number 11 here for that betting show. And he, he provides some great insight. We'll get his best bets of the week. I want to talk futures market with him as well. So a lot to, to go through with Brandon a little bit later on in the program. You can hit us up on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line as well. 913-586-7610. Tell me what you like tonight as well. I'm always telling you kind of where my thought process is. Tell me what you're on tonight. And uh, we'll keep track of that as well. And also hit me up on Twitter at Alex Gold at 610 Sports KC. And for those of you, as always, in the Discord channel for that betting show, I even got Sean, Sean Barber even asked to join the Discord channel as well. He'll post, he'll, he'll post one thing a week. One thing a week. He'll go in there and he'll send a photo of his pick sheet. And I, I, I give him a hard time, though, because I said, you got to start doing against the spread picks. That's what when we do the Goldilocks, we do that. We do the picks. It's against the spread. That's what we're talking about. I'm trying to convince Barbara to go head to head against the spread on some of these. So we'll see if we can get that worked out. But if you want an invite to the discord channel, just hit me up on Twitter or the text line as well. Thursday night football going to start here in about 15 minutes or so. And it is a, uh, eh, a clunker to say the least Atlanta and Carolina. I get it a couple weeks ago, just two weeks ago. They faced off against each other, and it provided us with plenty of entertainment and overtime game. It looked like Carolina had come back with P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore for the win, and D.J. Moore rips off the helmet. They rule a penalty. Then they got to try a long extra point. Pinheiro misses it. Game goes to overtime, and it still looked like Carolina was going to win that game. They missed the field goal. The Falcons end up winning that game. At that point in time, Carolina had a chance to be in first place in the NFC South. A lot has already changed in two weeks. So Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, taking on Carolina tonight. The total for the game sitting at 41-and-a-half. And over at BetMGM, 80% of the bets are on the Falcons to cover the two-and-a-half-point spread uh, tonight. And I do think this is a Panthers team that is different than they were two weeks ago. You could argue that they were still kind of riding a little bit of that you know, locker room, hey, we're all together, we're all in this thing uh, with the, the firing of their head coach, and that sometimes maybe can bring a team closer and they can, they can go out there and play some better football. And I think that's what we saw. P.J. Walker provided some energy for the team. They had traded Christian McCaffrey. That's, that's over, though. right? That, that was two-plus weeks ago. I think the Panthers are back to being kind of what the Panthers were and what led to Matt Rule being fired. So I, I do like Atlanta, minus two and a half. The only bet that I'm actually on is going to be another same-game parlay, which we'll get to. We do every Thursday night our same-game parlay. Last week, I hope you guys uh, tailed us on that one. We hit on our same-game parlay last Thursday night involving uh, the Eagles. And if you remember what that was, that was the Eagles in Texans Thursday night football game. We had the uh, plus 280 same-game parlay. It was the Texans under 17.5 points. They scored 17. The Eagles over 19.5 points. And then uh, 
Miles Sanders to uh, to score a touchdown in the game. So we hit on that same game parlay. We'll try to make it two weeks in a row. I did think this is interesting, though, for the futures market and, and what's on the line tonight. So the Falcons' win total for the season was four and a half. That's where Vegas set the number back this summer when those numbers came out. They're one win away from going over their win total. If you're someone that puts some money on the Atlanta Falcons over four and a half wins, you're going to cash it this season, and I think you're going to end up cashing it tonight. It's November 10th. That's pretty impressive for you to be able to cash your over ticket already. Now, we know the trend for Thursday Night Football. You look at that total, 41 and a half points. The under's now 16 and 6 in the last 22 games on Thursday night. And then on the spread side, those Panthers are 1 in 30 straight up and 6 and 25 against the spread when their opponent scores 17 points or more going back to the 2022 or 2020 season. So think about that. You have a Panthers team. If they give up 17 points, 1 in 30, and they don't cover either, 6 and 25. Uh, tonight, I do think the Atlanta Falcons will be able to score 17 points in this game. I think there's a chance, though, that totals a little bit of jeopardy tonight, even though the trends point in the, the direction of that, only because there are some injuries to that Falcons secondary. I do think maybe there's a chance for some opportunities in the passing game, even with P.J. Walker at quarterback. Maybe we'll see Sam Darnold get in just this last week. In a blowout loss, we saw Baker Mayfield come in for P.J. Walker. I was honestly surprised the way that was handled this week. You know, P.J. Walker gets benched mid-game, understandably so, with the way that game was going. Baker Mayfield, I actually thought, played all right uh, in the, the mop-up duty. So then they go back to P.J. Walker tonight. Sam Darnold's available. And we were talking to Paul Charchian of guillotineleagues.com earlier today on our midday show. And he had mentioned that there's some rumblings in Carolina that perhaps Baker could actually be inactive tonight. Now, I'll be honest. I haven't seen if that is actually the, the, the case or not. But maybe we see Sam Darnold at some point in tonight's contest. I think that the total, though, is not such a sure thing to go under 41 and a half just because of some of the injuries in that Falcons secondary. But let me get to it on Thursday night. Same game parlay. Same game parlay of the weekend. All right, let's take a look at this. Last week I mentioned we hit on it. Let's do it again. This one is plus 425. Put this one in earlier this afternoon. Might have uh, some change in the odds. So if you're checking DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, wherever you're betting, Barstool, might be a little bit different odds. But here's what I've got on the books for our same game parlay. Atlanta, minus two and a half. P.J. Walker threw 10 passes for nine yards last week. Two of the five completions went to the Cincinnati Bengals. They gave up. Five touchdowns to Joe Mixon. I like Atlanta, minus two and a half. It's under the key number of three. Went by a field goal, and we're all happy. The rest of the same game parlay involves a couple player prop bets. The most popular bet of the night? Yeah, we'll go ahead and throw that one into our same game parlay. It's Cordell Patterson to have an anytime touchdown tonight. I got it when he was plus 110. He's now minus 110, minus 115 to have an anytime touchdown tonight. I just mentioned that Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns against this Panthers defense a week ago. We know Atlanta loves to run the football anyway, and now they're going to go up against the Panthers defense that got torched on the ground a week ago. I like Cordero Patterson at some point to get an anytime touchdown tonight. The last leg of our three-leg same-game parlay at plus 425. DJ Moore, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. I, I bought the number down a little bit. It's an alternate receiving yardage total for him. Over 55 and a half receiving yards. That's what we're looking for tonight. He doesn't need his total over 67 and a half, 55 and a half receiving yards for DJ Moore tonight. He's the most talented player remaining on that Carolina Panthers offense, as we know. 
and just a couple weeks ago when they did face Atlanta, who at that time was healthy in the secondary. He was able to have over 123 yards receiving. A huge chunk of that was ultimately on what we thought was going to be the game-winning touchdown before the helmet get ripped off, and he did it himself. I like DJ Moore over 55 receiving yards in this game, especially with those injuries to the Falcons secondary. So there you go, plus 425, Atlanta minus uh, minus 2.5, Cordero Patterson, anytime touchdown, DJ Moore, 55 or more receiving yards. That's... The Thursday night, same game parlay here on that betting show. Of course, we'll get to here in about 15 minutes, the Chiefs and the Jags game. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites. The total sitting at 50 and a half. We know the Chiefs have struggled to cover, especially at Arrowhead. So that's something we'll get into in just a little bit. But I do want to take a look at the futures conversation in a little bit. Uh, We'll get to the college football end of that, but Let's go back to the futures when it comes to the MVP race here in the NFL. Back to the futures. I step here into the futures. All right, and I see some of your bets coming in as well over on the J Southland Toe Service text line. From the 816, Patterson over six and a half receiving yards is a bet. One of our listeners like another one is from the 913. They bet anytime touchdown for Patterson and a four-leg NBA parlay. With the Mavs, the Hawks, the Heat, and the Pelicans all on the money line. Keep sending those in. We'll check on those throughout the show as well. I want to go back to the futures and take a look at the the MVP conversation in the NFL. A lot of shakeup this week. And that is post-Chiefs win against the Titans. And it also has to do with the injury of Josh Allen. That elbow injury did not practice again today. So the MVP conversation, at least over at FanDuel, Mahomes is now your MVP favorite. It's the first time this year that Mahomes has had the best odds to win MVP. He's plus 175. Jalen Hurts, second best odds, plus 250. Josh Allen, the third best odds now at plus 350. He has never had the third worst odds, or the third best odds, I should say, to win MVP. And you go further down, Tua, Jackson, both 11-1 to to win the MVP here in 2022. This is really interesting. I think there's a lot of things that are factoring in. We know before the season started, Patrick Mahomes, 8-1, to 9-1 to to win MVP. Barstool Sportsbook had a boost on the first day of launch in Kansas at 15-1. to Some of you grabbed it at 15-1. to You're feeling really good about the value you got that ticket at. And then we knew that Josh Allen was the favorite, you know, 6-1, to 4-1, to 5-1. to That was preseason. That was heading into week one. But what has happened is you have Patrick Mahomes on primetime Sunday Night Football, even when the offense struggled for much of the game, when it mattered most, he took over the game. He willed his team to victory. The defense kept him in the game, and he took advantage of it ultimately at the end with his legs. MVP-type moments. We talk about Heisman moments in college football. That was an MVP-type moment or drive for Patrick Mahomes. A third and 17. He uses his legs, gets 20 yards, changed the entire momentum flow of that offense in that particular game. Sean Barber looking at me like I'm crazy over here. He doesn't agree with me. How Barber's st- busy over there. How is Barber still in here, by the way? It's been it's been 11 minutes. I think he's figured out light speed. I heard his conversation with CDOT. I heard his conversation at the end of the drive today. So I look at this MVP conversation. It's Patrick Mahomes having that moment. And it's the Josh Allen injury that has allowed the odds to shift in the way they have. And I'm sure these will shift around multiple times before we get to the end of this season. I think we all learned last year 
You know, at one point, the first five or six weeks, Russell Wilson a year ago, five or six weeks into the season, was the MVP favorite. Fast forward a year later, and that just seems laughable. He ended up, of course, not winning it anyway. That went to Aaron Rodgers for the second straight year. But it's just kind of interesting to see how the MVP market can play out. I, I'm covered on Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then I had a preseason Justin Herbert MVP bet, but it was all value play. The only bet I don't have is, is Jalen Hurts right now, plus 250. I'm feeling good about Patrick Mahomes at a 9-1 to and a 15-1 ticket, and then obviously Josh Allen before the season started. That's a look back to the futures on the MVP conversation and the MVP race in the NFL. I did want to talk a little college football. We'll go back to the future with college football coming up on the other side and also take a look at the Chiefs and Jags where Kansas City is nine and a half point favorites. Why they continue to struggle to cover at home, what the trends say, all that coming up next here on That Betting Show. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, just getting started here on That Betting Show. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Brandon Anderson of the Action Network and NFL NBA writer. We'll get his perspective on week 11 of the NFL season, including his thoughts on the Chiefs and the Jags game, where Kansas City's nine and a half point favorites. So I'll give you my thoughts on that in just a couple of minutes. Did want to wrap up back to the futures, though. We took a look at the MVP race. I want to do a little college football here because I think it's interesting as we know now we're two weeks into the college football playoff rankings that come out every Tuesday night. And where are the odds setting up right now? First off, to make the college football playoff right now, Georgia is pretty much a lock, right? They're minus 4,000. We saw what they were able to do to Tennessee this past week and just a dominant performance by them. Ohio State has the second best odds to make the college football playoff. They're minus 700. Tennessee still has the third best odds, despite that loss to Georgia, to make the, the CFP at minus 250. And then you have Michigan on the outside there at the four, final four spot, I should say, plus 135. And then Oregon, USC, LSU with the next best odds to make the college football playoff. But where I want to focus in on is TCU. So TCU is plus 650 to make the college football playoff. And then if you look at the odds to win the national championship. Now, let me be clear. I'm not telling you, nor do I think TCU is winning the national championship this year. But I think there's an opportunity to get some value to where you can set yourself up to hedge if they get into the college football playoffs. Let me explain. So TCU is 80 to 1 right now still. They're undefeated. One of a handful of undefeated teams. They're 80 to 1 to win the college football playoff, to win the national championship. I just mentioned their odds to get in the college football playoff is plus 650. They get Texas this weekend, and I'll have a play on that game during my Goldilocks at the end of the show. TCU is actually a seven and a half point dog to the Texas Longhorns on Saturday. And you may just flat out think, hey, they're going to lose to Texas and, and that'll be it. And that's fine. I think they've been undervalued throughout much of this season. Everybody's waiting for the shoe to drop and it just, it just hasn't happened for TCU. I give them a ton of credit in what Sonny Dykes in his first year there has been able to do. They got you know one of the best defenses in college football this year and they're really efficient on offense. What's interesting to me is at 80-1, to 1, we know if TCU does run the table in the Big 12, and they've got some tough tests still to go, no doubt, then they're getting in the college football playoff. And then you would suddenly have a team in the college football playoff with an 80-1 to 1 ticket to win the national title. I was talking about this actually with, with Cody prior to one of our, our shows this week, just on Cody and Gold. And neither of us think that TCU is going to win the title. And it's still not a great chance that they make the college football playoff. 
But I just think we know if you go undefeated in a Power 5 conference, you're getting into the dance. And if you get in the college football playoff and you're one of those four teams, that 80-1 to ticket, what do you think the odds for them to win the title are if they become one of those four teams? What, 15-1? to 20 to 1 and I'm holding a or 25 to 1 I'm holding an 80 to 1 ticket well then guess what I can go and hedge their 80 to 1 national title game in a semifinal I can hedge that against let's say they're playing Georgia and so I think there's an opportunity where you can almost if you believe that TCU can get in the dance still I think there's an opportunity to, to set yourself up for hedge I wouldn't put a ton of money on it like honestly I, I'm probably going to put like 20 bucks on TCU at 80 to 1 to win the title just for the opportunity to set it up for a hedge. Not that I think TCU necessarily fully is going to win the national championship, but if they beat Texas, that 81 will be long gone uh, when it comes to the futures market. That's uh, another look at back to the futures. Let's talk about this chiefs game a little bit, and then I'll talk more about it with Brandon Anderson from the action network here in about nine minutes or so. So Kansas city is a nine and a half point favorite at home, taking on Jacksonville, the total for the game at 50 and a half from a prop perspective. We know, unfortunately the books have, Kind of delayed putting out props, and now the, the prop schedule is Fridays, which is unfortunate. We have to wait till Friday to get a lot of the props out there unless you're looking at the offshore market, which is unfortunate. I can tell you this. Any prop involving Travis Etienne, I'm going to be all over. Um, doesn't mean that I don't think the Chiefs are winning this game, but Travis Etienne is an absolute stud in this league already, and now that he's getting a full shot, he's healthy. His last five games, look at these numbers. Week five, 114 yards. Week six, 108. Week seven, a buck 19 and a touchdown. Week eight, 162 and a touchdown. Week nine, 126 and two touchdowns. So keep an eye out for the Travis Etienne props. I'll be all over a couple of them. Obviously, I want to see where that yardage number is going to be set against Kansas City. But Travis Etienne, anytime touchdown, he'll have probably the third or fourth best odds after a couple Chiefs players to score a touchdown on Sunday against Kansas City. I really like Travis Etienne to, to have a nice day, though, against KC. He's just that special of a player, and it's not so much that he has to – it's not the same as Derrick Henry where he's just going to run forward on you. He's, he's got an ability to to make you miss in space. He doesn't have to run you over, but he can make you miss. Uh, Justin Reed was even talking about that a little bit today in his locker room availability, kind of like his ability when he gets initial contact. He's really good about spinning out of the tackle. That's something the Chiefs are going to have to watch for on, on Sunday against Jacksonville. As far as the total here, this is a big number again. We know Kansas City was a 12-and-a-half, 13-and-a-half, even closed around 14-point favorite against Tennessee this past week. Of course, Casey did not cover. They needed overtime to get the win. They won by three points. Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead in back-to-back games is just 7-and-11 against the spread in that second game. And as a favorite of three-and-a-half points or more, which he is, he's 27-31-in-one against the spread. And when he's a touchdown or greater favorite in back-to-back games, he's just six and eight against the spread. For whatever reason, this goes back to a conversation even a year or so ago when people were doubting the Chiefs and, you know, they're just not blowing anybody out. From a, hey, can you win the Super Bowl? Uh, Can you just find a way to rack up wins? That doesn't matter. But we're talking about from a betting perspective. We're talking about from an against the spread look. And it's hard to feel comfortable laying nine and a half points with the Chiefs in this game on Sunday. Chiefs are going to win this game. I feel very confident in that. But nine and a half points is a lot in the NFL. And we laid out this number earlier today on on Cody and Gold. And it was James Palmer that put out uh, the tweet in particular. And I'll try to pull it back up. And it had to do with how close games have just been, guys, in the NFL this year. And in particular, it's it's pretty wild 
that this is the closest through the first nine weeks in an NFL season that we've had. And you think about how many years we've had in the league and, and how close we think a lot of NFL games are. It's much different than college football and, and everything like that. But here's the actual numbers behind it. So in the NFL, through the first nine weeks of the season, there have been 62 games decided by a touchdown, six points or fewer, 79 games decided by one score, so eight points or fewer. Those are both the most through week nine in NFL history. So when I see nine and a half points, not only have the Chiefs under Mahomes uh, at home in particular really struggled to cover. The Chiefs are 0-5 against the spread in their last five home games. They just really struggled to do that. Now, when you're the Chiefs, your lines are, are typically a little more inflated when you have Patrick Mahomes, when you're viewed as one of the best teams in, in football. But remember, it is about, it's about the number as much as it is. We talk about, oh, it's the Chiefs versus the Jags. And on paper, if you're just picking it straight up, everybody's going to pick the Chiefs to win that game, obviously. But that's what's fun about the spread is like, can the Jags cover the nine and a half points? Can they make it close enough? They were down 17, as we know, against the Raiders a week ago, and they came back and found a way to win that game. Against Kansas City, Trevor Lawrence certainly is not going to be able to make some of the mistakes that, that he has made the last couple weeks early in those contests. And the Doug Peterson angle from a betting perspective to me doesn't, doesn't matter in this game at all. Like, I get it. It's a fun narrative to talk about, and he knows Andy Reid. Andy Reid knows him and all that. But from a, from a betting angle... It's been multiple years now. Uh, I think terminology has changed enough. They're not going to get caught with him knowing what they're checking to and things like that. I don't really buy into that from a betting angle that, oh, my gosh, Doug Peterson knows them so well. That's going to cause some problems. I think the Tennessee Titans are the team that causes the Chiefs problems. I think that defense for Tennessee is what causes the Chiefs problems more than what we'll see from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who uh, something we'll talk about with Brandon Anderson coming up next here on uh, on that betting show from the Action Network is the Jags defense, when it comes to, to some of the more advanced metrics, they actually have not fared all that well in the last five weeks or so. They've got some studs on that defense, most notably Josh Allen, um, but they haven't been as effective as maybe you would have thought the last couple of weeks. And that's something we're going to get into coming up next. Brandon Anderson from the Action Network NFL and NBA writer gives us the lowdown on the entire week 11 slate. And in particular, what do we make of the elbow injury to Josh Allen and how that's impacting the betting market as well? That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. here on that betting show hanging out on a Thursday night and let's get some insight on these NFL games and also maybe the futures market a little bit with some of these season awards someone that's we've had uh, on the show before in the past kind enough to join us once again Brandon Anderson NFL NBA writer for the Action Network you can follow him on Twitter if you don't already at wheat on Brando Brandon great to have you back on the show man and we'll get into the Chiefs game and of course this full NFL slate and in a second but I wanted to get your advice for our listeners here in Kansas City and how to approach a game where there's all this injury news, right, around the Bills in particular and what could happen with Josh Allen against the Vikings with this big unknown. And the line has moved down to, what, three and a half in some spots. Yeah, it's kind of a mess right now. We keep waiting on news, and we're, we're just not getting a lot. And at this point, I'm not sure we're going to get much more news really up until about kickoff. It feels like the Bills are kind of leaning into gamesmanship a little bit, which I guess I interpret mostly as, well, this obviously isn't a devastating injury. We would have to know something like, oh, he's out for the season or something like that. So it seems more like it truly is a day-to-day, week-to-week sort of thing. And it might just be like a a pain management thing or that sort of thing. But it makes it difficult to to know how to play the game 
because, look, I'm a Vikings fan, but this Vikings team at 7-1, and one, it's, it's a bit fraudulent for, for that record. I have to be honest. Like, the team has not really been that impressive. The one game they played against a really quality team was the Eagles, and they got blown out in that one. We, we all watched that one on Monday night. So this would have been a spot where, like, if we knew Josh Allen is pretty much healthy and good to go, and we're in Buffalo, and the Bills are as good as they are, and, you know, the Vikings are only three-and-a-half-point underdogs, man, I would love that spot for Buffalo if we knew that because I don't think that the Vikings really are on the same level or maybe even a couple of tiers down from Buffalo. But as it is, I, I feel like I'm mostly I'm probably feeling like I need to stay away a little bit. And, and remember that as betters, we don't have to bet every game. And we don't have to bet before the game. You know, we can watch a quarter and say, hey, you know what? Josh looks pretty good out there. Maybe now I'll invest. Or he, he doesn't look great. Maybe I'll play the other side. Um, so I, I think it's just a reminder to, to be careful with it. Uh, I did. I actually grabbed the Vikings on Sunday. So I have a Vikings plus eight and a half ticket right now. Nice. So I'm sitting on that slowly just watching that line go down. And then I will have a decision to make come Sunday once we get there. I'm hoping we get maybe past the field goal that, you know, three is always a key number. And so if we get down below that, then that might be a spot where I look to get out, get the other side and, and maybe get a nice fat middle in there and see if we kind of hit both ends of the spectrum. But it's a bit messy. At Josh Allen elbow, certainly the, the biggest story in the NFL and, and playing a factor in the betting markets. No question with that, that line movement. I wanted to take a look at the futures market a little bit and, and, and some of the, the MVP and also offensive player of the year races going on. We, we've focused on the MVP quite a bit here in Kansas City going back to preseason. I think the last time I had you on, I mentioned even some of the, one of the, the books here locally offered a boost on launch day. Some people have 15 to 1 Mahomes tickets if they took advantage Ooh. of that. I've got about a, a 9 to 1 ticket, so I did, I, and, and a small bet on the 15 to 1 because they had that, that limited a little bit. But Mahomes is now the favorite. Uh, over at, at FanDuel in particular, plus 175. Jalen Hurts plus 250. Josh Allen down to plus 350. What's your feeling on the MVP race, and is there still some value with maybe a quarterback that's a little bit further down the chart? Yeah, it's a tough one right now because, again, that Allen injury really muddies everything. You know, I came out of Sunday. Before we knew that there was an injury question mark, my instinct immediately after the Bills game on Sunday was, uh, well, I, I guess going a while back, I think when you and I talked the last time was just before the Chiefs and Bills were playing mm -hmm. each other. And I have that Mahomes 9-1 to ticket. That was my preseason spot as well. But we talked about, hey, play the side that you think is going to win that game because Allen or Mahomes head-to-head, -head, that's the MVP favorite. And I still feel like all things being equal and healthy, I still feel like Allen should be the guy. And coming out of that Sunday loss to the Jets, I wasn't really that deterred. I was thinking, you know what? This is kind of great. I'm looking to buy some Josh Allen stock this week. If I knew that he was healthy and felt good about it, man, I'd feel pretty great about getting a plus 350 here. And that's no slander to Pat Mahomes, uh, but the Bills have beaten all three other division leaders right now head-to-head. -head. They've got the tie break. They're still in the best position to get the one seed, and historically – you got to be the one seed or, or at least the two seed for the MVP race. Chiefs have a tougher schedule coming up. And uh, so I, I still like Allen there if healthy. I don't really know that I need to buy in on Jalen Hurts right now. I feel like we're still going to get a spot where 
We don't necessarily know who the AFC one seed will be, but it's going to be somebody. It's either going to be Josh Allen or it's going to be Pat Mahomes. Maybe it could be Lamar Jackson, and maybe he makes a little bit of a run. But I think somebody in the AFC is going to have the numbers and kind of to have come out of the gauntlet a little bit more. Uh, I, I feel like with the Eagles, maybe it's a Nick Sirianni Coach of the Year award that he gets more so than Hurts. The one name that's just a little bit further down the list that I've been eyeing and I played on Friday, I don't know if it's necessarily a player right now, but Tua Tagovailoa is a guy that I had my eye on. And obviously his odds changed a lot. He, he was 80-1 to 1 on Friday when we played him, <laughs> just this last Friday. Jeez. And at the time it was, well, you know, they're a couple games back, but – if they beat the Bills, if something happens with the Bills or Josh Allen, it could open a pass. And the thing with Tua is when he actually plays half the starts, he is now or half the snaps, he's six and zero as a starter, and he is averaging something like 340 yards passing per game, which is a crazy number, and almost three touchdowns a game. He basically put up those numbers again this week, and he's playing. Uh, he's got the Browns and I think the Texans coming up. So there are more stats and more wins to come here. And, you know, when he plays, the Dolphins have been incredible. They've been the number one passing offense in the league by a lot of metrics. So, and now there's a pass. And now if, if, if the Allen injury is there, that's the most direct pass because, again, you got to be a one or two seed. Well, you can't do that if you don't at least win your division. So the Dolphins are going to have to get there that way. So I, I see two I'm looking uh, maybe around 14, 15, 16 to one at some books. I think last Friday, that's about what I would have thought his number should have been then. But since then, two won another game. Josh Allen got hurt. The AFC opened up a little bit. I think I think that could still be an intriguing long shot, and we're starting to hear some real buzz on him. We're talking to Brandon Anderson, NFL NBA writer for the Action Network. Before we get to this Chiefs-Jags game, one, one final season award odd that I want to look at is the Offensive Player of the Year. And before the season started on, on, on this show, I had mentioned to people that I really like Justin Jefferson. I got him around 14-1 to 1 or so before the season. And then about a week ago, I hedged it with Tyreek Hill at 7-1, to 1. And now I wake up and I see Tyree Kills plus 250 at FanDuel, <laughs> Jalen Hurts plus 450, Justin Jefferson plus 950. So I, I feel pretty good having a Justin Jefferson and Tyree Kill ticket. What's your feeling on the Offensive Player of the Year market? Yeah, I think you're in a great spot. I think that get, getting both of those guys on that ticket is a really good one-two punch there because there's a decent chance either or both of those guys could hit 2,000 receiving yards this season which has never been done in NFL history. So you have to believe if we get a, a record-breaking season, even with the extra game this year, that that would be a pretty good chance for Offensive Player of the Year. This award, uh, it, it's pretty much just a stats award. It doesn't have anything historically really to do with winning very much. It's unlike MVP. It's not just a quarterback's award. In fact, I think two of the last three have been now Cooper Cup and Michael Thomas. So receiving, um, I, I love Tyreek Hill here. I don't necessarily love buying the ticket now when it's so short, mm -hmm. but that's another one where a couple of weeks ago, uh, coming up on this uh, recent stretch, we grabbed him at a Futures Friday at Action Network at 16 to 1, and he is now near even odds to lead the league in receiving yards and just piling up these huge games. His numbers look a little deflated from earlier in the year, but that's because Tua missed those games. And they had 
second and then even third string quarterback play in there. But man, I think we're now at nine games this season where a player has had 160 receiving yards in a game. Four of those nine are Tyreek Hill. He has almost half of the entire league of 160 yard games. And he's already over a thousand yards. We're literally only halfway through the season right now. So he is on pace to break and really possibly shatter the receiving record. So I, I think he's, he's the guy for that, but I don't know if you necessarily need to get it right now. You maybe want to sit on that knowledge and wait for maybe an off game because mm-hmm. Kyrie's going to have an off game. You know, he'll have a game with two catches for 30 yards because the opponent maybe bracketed him in coverage and took away the deep ball. But you, you might find a bylaw spot later. I like the Jefferson spot. I think that was a good preseason play. He hasn't quite had the same buzz and lived up to things with Tyreek Hill, but the awards, you know, we always do recency bias. We're going to vote for who's hot at the end of the year. So Jefferson, what you like is even without a lot of buzz, he's been great and still had a really good number. So he's in position to make that run and have a really hot month. And then maybe he, he becomes the guy. So I think those are both the names that would come to mind for me. I don't see necessarily a quarterback with just huge monster stats that stands out there. So I think it's a receiver year, and I think those are the two you want. Let's look at these games this weekend. A couple of them. We'll get to your best bet for the weekend as well. But, of course, here in Kansas City, the Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars Sunday, a noon kickoff here local time. The Chiefs nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, and, and they just really have struggled to cover at home here as of late. Was it four or five games in a row they haven't been able to cover at home uh, what's your feeling on this game where the Chiefs come in you know, pretty healthy o- overall and they're coming off a, a game in which they had to battle the Titans into overtime and get the win? Yeah, I think the key thing here as betters is to remember that we can't just play the matchup. we got to play the number. And the number here being nine and a half points, it feels a little long and it compels me to maybe bet the Jaguars here. But let me explain. The matchup obviously has to favor the Chiefs. We know how good the Chiefs are. We know how good Mahomes is. And the Jaguars' defense has really started to fall apart. The last five weeks in DVOA, which is kind of a good overall metric, they rank 29th in defense, the Jaguars do. So that's that's not great. That's uh, Sorry, that's in pass defense, I think. So that's even worse. And this is obviously not the team you want to face when your defense is falling apart. The other thing is that the Jaguars have the worst defense in the NFL on late downs. And as I'm sure your listeners know, uh, Patrick Mahomes is invincible on third down. It's just like, oh, we need a third down. Okay, I'll do the thing now. (laughs) So there's a world in this game where Chiefs fans are just enjoying this one all game long, and the poor Jaguars defense literally can't get out the field on third down. And that's why the line is so high here. But this year has been the year of the underdog. Uh, underdogs between three and 10 points. So this one qualifies. Those teams are 43 and 23 against the spread this year. So 65% hit rate, which is very strong. If the opponent is over 500, then that goes up to 69%. If your team is under 500 in those games, your ATS record against the spread, 20 and four, 83% cover rate. So the Jaguars fall right into that range. It's really, it's a spot where you have to say, okay, I got to play the number because Jacksonville has now seven games this season within one score. They haven't been good. They have been 
blowing these games in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this closer than you think it would be. And then, you know, Pat will take care of things and get the win because the Chiefs are the better team and they're going to execute when it's close. And the Jaguars haven't been doing that. Trevor Lawrence has made some big mistakes, but they do tend to hang around in these games. So I think it's a spot where, you know, the Chiefs win, maybe even vaguely comfortably, but it might still end up being by four points or six or eight or somewhere in that range. So I think I prefer a Jaguars cover here. But it's going to be a little uncomfortable because the Chiefs are clearly the better team. Got about 90 seconds or so left here, Brandon, so I'll put you on the spot here. I know you got your best bet, though, for over that action network heading into this weekend, and it involves those Seattle Seahawks who continue to surprise everybody. They're three-point dogs taking on the Bucks. They are, yeah. I don't understand why they're underdogs, but this has been a trend now for like a month. Seattle has won four straight games by double digits. They're good. Seattle is a good team, and I think we're still kind of attaching this line and our value on these teams to preseason expectations. We thought Seattle was bad. They're not. They're top five on offense and defense over the last month. And the Bucks, they might actually be kind of bad. They're below average offensively, defensively. We're on a neutral field. This is the Sunday morning game in Munich, and that means we just picked a better team. And Seattle is the better team right now. They're better on offense, defense better coaching, they're healthier, they're running the ball better, they're passing better, and quite frankly, I think they have the better quarterback right now. Geno Smith has been better than Tom Brady this year, so I think it's a great spot for Seattle. Brandon Anderson, NFL and NBA writer for the Action Network. For those of you listening that are NBA fans, he does great work, got a great write-up on looking at the, the, the All-Stars kind of on both uh, conferences as well. Follow him on Twitter, at WeedOnBrando. Uh, Brandon, really appreciate the insight. Awesome as always, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. There you go. Brandon Anderson from the Action Network. A little update on Thursday Night Football as we were talking to Brandon there. It's now in the second quarter. The Panthers have a 3 nothing lead on the Atlanta Falcons. If you uh, listen to the beginning of the show, you know our same game parlay tonight for Thursday Night Football. Trying to, to hit it uh, like we did last Thursday night. Uh, it's the Falcons minus 2.5. DJ Moore over 55.5 yards receiving. He's got 20 so far tonight. And then a Cordero Patterson touchdown. That's our three-leg uh, same game parlay tonight. Up next, we get to the Goldilocks right here on That Betting Show. That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Oh, just right. It's time for Goldilocks. This porridge is just right. All right, let's get into the Goldilocks here on That Betting Show. Last week in the NFL, or overall, I should say, in the NFL, we're now 22-12-2. Two Two pushes last week, not a great week. Overall, we're at 65% for the NFL season. Miami, minus 3.5 against the Cleveland Browns. Mike McDaniel has that offense. How many scheming Hill and Waddle open virtually every play? And in turn, we're seeing Tua delivering in a big way. That defense down in Miami, yeah, it's a big concern come playoff time but not against the Browns. Cleveland wants to run the ball. That actually, I think, might be letting the Dolphins' defense off the hook a little bit. They've really struggled against the passing attack. I don't think Cleveland can put up enough points to compete with the Miami Dolphins. Like, Chicago got great performance from Justin Fields 
his mobility really was it. It wasn't like Justin Fields was uh, just throwing the ball all out around the yard against Miami. It was more about his mobility. Jacoby Brissett's not going to have that same success. Uh, then thinking of the Chicago Bears. Chicago minus three against Detroit. These two teams are in two different spots offensively from the last time they met earlier this season. The Bears are now averaging 31 points per game over their last three, while the Lions, who once were the number one offense in football, they've only scored 12 points per game over their last four. Justin Fields, I did mention him. He had 178 yards rushing last week, four touchdowns, three of them on the ground. Let's go to Munich. Sunday morning, Seattle plus three against Tampa. They've won four straight games by double digits, have the Seahawks. The Bucs are 0-4 when their defense gives up 20 points or more. I don't think the Bucs have figured out their offensive issues just because Tom Brady led a game-winning drive against the Rams late. It's not a good Rams team, and Tampa needed every second on the clock in order to win that one. Final NFL pick, Washington plus 10.5 against the Eagles. Yes, that's the Commanders who have been playing well. They look better with Taylor Heineke, nearly defeated the Vikings last week. Commanders have only allowed one back to go over 50 yards since week seven. That was Jonathan Taylor. You go back and look at the running backs they faced here recently, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, they couldn't get over that. Uh, then you take a look at Dalvin Cook. He just got 47 yards on the ground. So I like Washington not to win against Philly, but you're giving me the hook there at 10.5. I like Washington. Let's go to college football. We're down to just 23 and 20 overall, 54%. Like I said, fade or follow. If you don't think we can get back on track, then fade the picks this week. Go for it. TCU plus seven and a half against UT. I still think there's a, lot, a lack of uh, respect for TCU from Vegas with these Horn Frogs. It's an undefeated team, Power 5 Conference. It's November, fourth best defense in the country. And TCU, they've been able to run the ball over 140 yards in every game while Texas, what defense is going to show up? They've been inconsistent. TCU is going to be in this game, and I think they absolutely have a chance to win as an outright dog. But give me TCU plus 7.5 against UT. How about out west? UCLA minus 19.5 against Arizona. Wildcats have lost four in a row. They turned the ball over four times. They could not stop Utah in that rushing a game. A rushing game, 306 yards on the ground on 55 carries a week ago. I know there's still some question about Zach Charbonnet for UCLA. Is he going to play or not? But that old line should have no problem with that defensive run front for the Arizona Wildcat. Michigan, minus 30 and a half against Nebraska. Nebraska struggles with pass protection. Uh, if they want to run well, they'll have to face the best rushing defense and a pass defense that has 29 sacks does Michigan. That's the best in the Big Ten. I don't think enough offense there for Nebraska in that game. A trend also Michigan 4-0 against the spread in its last four games against a team that has a losing record. And the last one, LSU minus three at Arkansas. Arkansas is coming off that 21-19 loss to Liberty. LSU, a huge win against Alabama. I think LSU has a chance to still sneak into the college football playoff and that means they got to take care of business against Arkansas, and I believe that they will do just that. Thanks to Julio for producing the show. Thanks to Brandon Anderson from the Action Network. We'll talk to you next week here on 610 Sports Radio. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.